Hi guys, welcome back to a new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries podcast. My name is Shakira and I'm the host. Thank you for coming back for a new episode. Now, I'm just going to hop into things because this is one of those weeks where we had a part one and a part two. So if you already listened to part one, you already know what's going on. But let me just, you know, catch the people up that hadn't listened to part one. You know, everyone who listened to part one, just hold on real quick. So those who have not listened to part one of this podcast, um, on Tuesday, we talked about rejection. We had part one with a guest, Cecil Robinson, and you kind of need to listen to part one to kind of find out where we fall in and restart for part two. So go back, listen to that, and then come back here. We're going to be waiting on you. I promise we're not going anywhere. Just go back, listen to that, and then come back here for part two so you can just, you know, get the full experience. Now, for those who listen to part one, welcome back. I told you, I promised you, part two was coming on Thursday at 9 a.m. Would I let you down? Would I ever let you down? I hope I hope your answer is no, because I, I tried not to let you down. So this is part two, a continuation of the conversation that Cecil and I had about rejection, depression, um, where we are in life right now, life after school, after grad school and everything. So I hope that you all have enjoyed part one so far, and I hope that you all will continue to enjoy part two. I am not going to hold you up. We're just going to have a break for our sponsors, and then we will be back with the continuation of part two and i will see you guys at the end of this episode enjoy hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So when you start getting so many no's, it can be easy for us to, and you kind of touched on this earlier too, um, it can be kind of hard for us to separate that no from who we are as people so when we hear no we think what's wrong with me like what did I do wrong so how can listeners and me too because I want to know too how can we separate that rejection from our worth as a person Ooh, I th- honestly I think that's something that I find I'm still I'm still trying to figure that out myself because like even though I just recently like just accepted that job offer I'm still I'm still trying to unpack the rejection that I did face and so I you know I was initially thinking that okay you know like you know like what you know like once I got this job or like once I or like you know just like once like once the job offer was given to me or when they told me that I had gotten a job you know all of that you know all those feelings of rejection and that mentality that I kind of had like developed or adapted would kind of just cease to exist and it's one of those things like it's still sitting in my mind it's kind of not necessarily festering but it's just kind of sitting there and it's like okay you know you got this job but like what if you're not good enough at it or like what if they let you go or like what if you are actually qualified and like you know what if they're just doing it out of pity or you know it's one of those things that it's just like nobody else is thinking of those questions but you and so I think but I think honestly really in in terms of really ensuring that uh, you know, you are, you know, just like, re- you know, just like really making sure or like just being 100% of yourself or honestly, I wouldn't say 100% because I don't think anyone's ever really 100%. It really stems, um, I, I'm, trying to, I'm try, trying to find the best like way to put it, but I honestly, I think it starts with understanding that you need to be broken. Like you need to have like a you like you like you need to have a breakdown in order to realize 
that you need to be built back up into something completely different because who I was before I had my breakdown is not who I am right now. Like mm-hmm. I honestly felt like I was li- like, I was just a shell of a human being. Like I was walking around, I was doing what was needed to me. I was smiled when I needed to. I spoke when, you know, when I needed to speak. But I think as of right now, I'm somebody, you know, who is living rather than just existing. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm finding joy in things that I had once thought I would never find joy in. Um, And I'm also learning, you know, to just really understand that like all the parts of me and, you know, whether that stems down, you know, to the rejections or, you know, to my own, you know, I don't really want to call it like a disability, but it's something that for, you know, for a long time, and I still do, I still think that I think it interferes with the way that people, you know, like have conversations with me, whether that be both professional or just conversational, it's my stutter. And so something, and it's just one of those things that I'm like, okay, so I don't know, maybe maybe it's my stutter that kind of, you know, negates people from being, you know, from being able to be like, hey, you know, we're going to give you a shot. But I, th- I think it's one of those things is understanding that every part of you is worth something. Mm-hmm. And it's like the right, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the best job will come when it's needed to, you know, like it will reveal itself. It might, it might not even be something that was on your radar. It might come out of left field. I know with my job, it didn't necessarily come out of left field, but it was like God had planted the seed about this organization months ago and i just kind of ignored it like okay like that's cute like <laughs> like oh that's cute god thanks <laughs> like just kind of shrugging my shoulders like oh you did great thanks just kind of like turning my head like i don't really want that but you know and it's finally it, it i just really allowed him to really just like show me things that i had been putting off like i had put my blinders up to this organization to the work that this organization is doing to the work you know just to the work that i could potentially be doing that i eventually was like okay let me put my blinders down like let me actually take some time and really see what's being put in front of me because i think oh this is a thing i think um i think for me one of the biggest things was that I had this idea, I envisioned what I thought the plan would be, and everything else, I was like, no, I'm here, y'all are coming over here, I don't want y'all, I'm here, you know, it's like, don't try to come in my lane, like, I want to stay right here, and so it eventually took me just kind of being like, okay, you need to humble yourself, like, I mean, you're good, you work hard, you know, you work twice as hard and you still only got half of what your peers got, you know, even though you were the one who, you know, you did all the work, you know, you stayed up late, you know, you missed out on the fun, like, you know, like you graduated, you know, you graduated, a, you know, top of your class, and you graduated earlier than your class. And so I think a lot of those things kind of like jumped into my mind and I was like, okay, like I did everything. Like I did everything that I was supposed to like, I did everything I needed to an undergrad, like being a student athlete, but also being involved in multiple extracurricular activities on top of maintaining such a high GPA. And so, you know, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, but why didn't I, you know, get what I thought I was going to get right after I graduated with my master's? Like, why didn't these jobs just start jumping at me? Like, oh my gosh, we want you. Like, you look, like you're great. Like, you're great on paper. You're great on phone. And so, it really took me just kind of being like, okay let me humble myself. Like, I'm great. I'm good. But also, you need to humble yourself and know that there's something out there for you that fits you for who you are wholeheartedly. And so I think for me, it finally just really took me understanding like, okay, step back, and just really let God just work how he needs to work or just really let the universe work how it needs to work in general. Um, Yeah. I love it. I love it. So this also is kind of like a segue into the next question because in the article you mentioned waiting in the unknown. And I thought that that was so, it was such a good, it was just such a good little blurb because I was just like, that is what it is. While you're waiting, you don't know what's going on. 
And so if it can feel like you're in like this doctor's office or just a waiting room and you're like waiting on your number to be called and Mm -hmm. you see all these other people's numbers being called and they're moving on and you're like, okay, um, I've been here a little long, you know, like when is my number going to be called? When is what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. So how like, when you are in this season, when we are in this waiting room, waiting for our number to be called for whatever we're going to be doing, whether it's a new job, whether it be applying to schools, grad schools, programs, certificates for everyone listening, like how can they prepare themselves in the meantime to wait Mm -hmm. in that waiting room? So I know something, so I, and I'll take this as like my own personal like experience. So I know for me in terms of waiting, in terms of, you know, really like just waiting for God to reveal himself in terms of like what the next step may be for a full-time position or a job or a move or just really whatever it was across the board for me, I was like, okay, so I'm a strong believer in that. Well, you know, like what's meant to be will be and that God will do what he wants for me to be done but i'm also a person who has the mindset that i'm not gonna just let god do all the work like i'm gonna go out and do you know like you know just like that you know like i'm like i'm also gonna go out and try to put my best foot forward um just so that i can kind of help you know god at the same time because i truly i truly believe that you know like god you know god can he can move mountains but faith without work is dead so i feel like you need to also be doing something to like actively make sure that you you know are trying to be the best version of yourself so for me it really um I like went back to the drawing board so I had you know I started reaching out to mentors I started reaching out to connections on LinkedIn literally the smallest of conversations I had had with people I was like okay so I need to get plugged in like I want to get plugged in like I want to make sure that I'm doing the you know, like, like I'm just, you know, like I'm, I'm really utilizing the best of my time right now. And so it actually worked out perfectly that with not actually worked perfectly, but with everything going on in the sense of with COVID, um, but also with um, Black Lives Matter. So with COVID, it worked out perfectly. So not being able to have a full-time job and I was really worried that not having something on my resume, I don't, it didn't really want to gap because I was like, okay, maybe an employer might look at that and think, maybe you're just being lazy or maybe mm-hmm. something was going on. Like you didn't really want a job. And so I was like, okay, like I want something on my resume. Um, and it finally took me being like, wait a minute, your parents own a small business during COVID. And so for me um, at that moment, it was, it was, it, you know, it was me finally saying like, okay, like I might not have the job that I want, but I, you know, but I, you know, but I'm in the position, you know, to, you know, like to, you know, to do the best work that I can. And so for, you know, I don't even know if you know this, but my parents own Lindy's Fried Chicken um, in Crawfordville. Really? Yeah, my parents own Lindy's. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so honestly, so uh, this whole time with COVID, I've been trying to figure out ways in terms of getting information out to like our customers, but also just to the public as a whole. And so that's where like the title of social media coordinator came about. And so through through, through COVID, um, I just start I like started running like different like promotionals and like marketing pieces on our social media platform um, in regards to how we so we actually so we started something in our own community and it kind of like grew from like Wakulla into Tallahassee. So we started feeding school children. Um, we put it on our social media page that we we're going to be feeding, feeding school children for about two weeks until the local school system figured out like, okay, what, you know, like, what can we do since school's going to be out? And we know that a lot of families rely on um, the breakfast and lunch meals that we, that, you know, that the schools provided in terms of getting students adequate meals. Um, and so I ran something on our social media page um, it was like hashtag what color strong. Um, and like, I gave like a little brief snippet about like what we were going to be doing. Um, and I like, remember like posting it like maybe six or 7 PM. And I was like, okay, like maybe this will gain a little bit of traction and just like, let, you know, just let some families and, you know, in the community know what's going on. Um, I woke up the next morning and then it just kind of like blew up. Like 
It had over a thousand shares engagement wise. It had like 50,000 plus engagement on mm-hmm. our Facebook page. And I was like, hello. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And so for me, you know, for me, it, you know, it, it really took me realizing that you have everything in front of you that you already need. Mm-hmm. You just need to go out and do the work. Like, I know that you might not want to, this might not be what you need, but this is what you could be doing in terms of helping your family right now. Because again, we're a small business, a black owned business in a very rural and, you know, small community. And so for us with COVID-19, we're, we don't have a drive through. And so we were trying to figure out new ways in terms of, you know, abiding by CDC regulations, but also by the World Health Organization. And so, you know, for me, it really became more of like a strategizing type of role, like, okay, what can we be doing in terms of making sure that we are meeting the demands of the community, but also of our like global health leaders. Right. So that was something that just really just kind of like sparked my complete, like not sparked my interest, but really kind of like revitalized like who I was as an aspiring communication professional. Because again, beforehand, I was like, you know what, like maybe I don't have it. Like maybe I need <laughs> like a new career plan and I'm telling myself all this after like having just come back from the like National Communication Association after like presenting my thesis and I was telling myself like yeah like okay like you know like I'm doing it you know like I'm doing the things that my parents have always dreamed of me because mm-hmm. you know I was the first in my family to go off for college but I was the first in my family to get my master's and so here I am like graduating and I'm like seeing my family all of them proud crying. I'm crying myself. And I'm thinking like, wow, this is amazing. And then a few months later, I'm telling myself like, you didn't have it in you, you know, like you aren't cut out for it. And then I'm t- then like a few, maybe like a few weeks ago, I was like, I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, did you, I'm like, did you bump your head at some point? Like, did you really tell yourself like you weren't cut out for this? Like, I'm like, sir, I'm literally telling myself, like, sir, you were cut from a different cloth. Like, people, you know, I'm literally telling myself, like, you know, like, you were, you know, like, you, like, you were waiting on somebody to bring, you know, like, you know, you, for me, I was telling myself, like, you were waiting on somebody to bring you to the table when you could have brought your own stuff to the table. And so I, like, (laughs) you know, so that was something I was like, wow, like, why would I wait on somebody else to do something for me when I can go out and get it myself? And so, and that, and it helped with that in the sense of with COVID and our small business and how we've been able to kind of just truly like stay afloat by, you know, just like kind of revamping how we're doing things with our social media, but also our efforts like on a local and um, like community level as well. And so on the Black Lives Matter type of level though, something about that was that I'm, you know, I had never really had time to really engage in, you know, a lot of the, a lot of like social based issues because um, of my role as a student athlete and I can say it freely now but the NCAA is trash because they you know make us sign these regulations and they're telling us like hey like we want you to compete for us but also we don't want you to have a voice and so I was like you know what I can have a voice now like I can yeah. go out and say what I want to say and stand up for what I believe in without you know facing any type of repercussions and so um, for the BLM it was really like getting you know um, in contact with different organizers within Tallahassee um and also trying to um establish like a like solidarity protest here in wakula county and like i organized it and it was going to go through but then the weather like prevented us from being able to do it but through that you know there was just a lot of like backlash that i received from like some individuals within the community like we don't want that here you know all lives matter type of thing and so for me it was really you know it was really just realizing like okay like you might not have a job, but there are things that, you know, other things you really can be doing with your time. Um, and so for me, it was getting more engaged with social justice issues, helping my family out at their restaurant um, by, like, you know, putting us really on the map in terms of, you know, our coverage with the media and our coverage with our social media. And so another thing was really also just like learning to enjoy the time that I have because a quote that my aunt gave me was that you will never have a time like this ever again in your life to where you can just sit back, relax, and not have to worry about the job. And there was a moment when I was like, girl, I am not trying to hear that. I'm trying to get a paycheck. <laughs> you need to worry about getting me some money. I do not care about that quote. And then maybe like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, 
he was right. Like, she right. <laughs> I was like, right, like, okay. <laughs> you know, just one of you know, you know, just one of those things where you're like, I guess she was right. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta give it to her because this yeah. is a once in a lifetime. Honestly, but and it's crazy because I don't st- I don't actually start my position until August, but I wound up picking up an internship with the Campaign for Southern Equality, working as their um, digital digital communications intern. So that way, and that was another thing, like best foot forward in terms of making sure, like, okay, like what am I doing so that I can be the best applicant for a position? I was like, I can go back and get another internship. Yeah. Like I had already done five other internships, but I was like, a six won't hurt. Like mm-hmm. a six will look good. And so there's things that I'm learning from this role that I'm doing remotely that I hadn't learned or I didn't have the experience in prior. And so I'm like, God, this worked out perfectly. Like everything that I needed or I could have wanted or that I had ever aspired for, you brought it to me. Maybe not in the timeline that I wanted, but you brought it to me at the time when I when I truly felt like I most needed it because you broke me in order to build me back up into something completely different. And so that was that. I love it. Oh, that's just right. I love it. Okay. We are going to get into some of the questions that were um, you all, the listeners, some of you submitted questions for me and Cecil to answer. Some of them are about rejection. Some of them are about grad school. So we're just going to get into them. So the first one is, do you have any suggestions for people who have a degree in a field that they are no longer interested in? Ooh. Um, I, ooh. Because I, 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 like I stated, I, str- I, struggle, I struggle with this one too. Um, so had I not, you know, like had I not really loved the work um, as a communication professional, I've always wanted to be an English teacher. Um, one of my favorite movies is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm-hmm. And the English teacher in that movie is somebody who I have aspired to be since like middle school. And so my like dream job would be to be a high school English teacher teaching like about Othello, Hamlet, like any, any, anything revolving around Shakespeare, but also like young like just like just like young adult literature so ooh, um i think okay i think you know you can quote you can correct me if i'm wrong shakira but i think for me i think the best thing first is being able to say that out loud is that like i don't love what i'm doing anymore yeah. like if it's not bringing you joy if it's not bringing you peace of mind that's when you know it's time to walk away. And it's, and it sounds like this person knows, like, this really ain't it, Chief. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I honestly, I want to commend them for being able to say that because I think a lot of people, and I know even for me, there's sometimes when I'm like, this isn't really what I want to do. Like, I don't really feel like it's bringing me the most purpose. Don't be afraid to go back to the drawing board, like, whether that be looking into alternative, like, schooling-wise, like, maybe that's getting certificates, maybe mm-hmm. that's, um you know like working from the ground up in an organization or some type of career field and then you know just just and also don't be afraid to make connections like i know i struggle with social anxiety but like you know reaching out to people i'm like oh god i really don't want to do this oh god please don't pick up the phone, please don't pick up the phone. and then when they pick <laughs> up you're like uh hey <laughs> so <laughs> You know, it's even worse. So like, even with my stutter, so it's like, especially when I meet somebody new for the first time, you know, like it's 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 weird because I'll talk, like I'll be talking to a friend and then they introduce me to somebody that's new and I'm like, oh, in my mind, I'm like, oh God. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, they're, I'm like, they're not about to understand anything I'm about to say. And so I really think that going back to this person, I think it's, you know, don't be afraid to really just look into new alternatives. And I really don't know what that means. And I don't really know what that, you know, what that could mean for them because, you know, I, I haven't been in that, li- I haven't been in that lived experience yet, but I think, but I think, in, but I think, and I'll just kind of propose this is that connect with people, like connect, you know, like looking, you know, just like kind of like looking to see what brings you joy. Like maybe it's something you know, maybe you're in advertising, but you really want to get into social work. Or maybe you're currently in advertising, but you want to get into the nursing field. Like, 
honestly, I say do it. I mean, I know like financially and like, you know, it can be kind of, it can be extremely hard, like timely as well, but like, don't be afraid to just research and look into it. And there might be some alternatives in which you can still, you know, you don't have to go back and get an entirely new degree. You can still be using your same degree, but just in a type of like area within your career that is more centered to what you are passionate about. Right. I agree. There are so many online um, like courses now and certificate programs that you can look Mm -hmm. into if you don't want to go back to school, if that's not an option for you. Um, Also, like Cecil said, talk to people, network, go on LinkedIn or go on wherever it is you want to work or if it's a a job i don't know i wish you would have been a little bit more specific because then we would have been able to like really you know um but you can research the people that work there and you can kind of i have stalked people's instagram before to see like where did they go to school what did they study what did they do before they got this job so you can look into that as well and also don't be afraid to if it applies to you but don't be afraid to use whatever degree you got in what you're pursuing so like me my undergrad degree was in business administration i knew from the jump that i did not want to work in corporate america (laughs) so i was just like no that's that's not me and so famu was like pushing or the school of business and industry at famu was pushing us to go and work at these corporations and i knew that's not what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. but I could apply what I have learned with my business degree with the podcast, with Mm -hmm. other things that I have been doing. And then with my master's in communications, I can use that with the podcast and then other things that I do. So see if there's a way for you to use your degree in some way in the way that you want it to be applied, you know? So I hope that helps, girl. Next, um, she says, and this is a continuation. This is a new question, though, but she says, in search for work, it's not about who you know, it's who knows you. How are you remembered or make your foundation to not be forgotten about? I think with that, um, because that's a question. uh, That's not a question. That's like something I, I had a conversation with somebody in one of my previous internships is that um, like, cause she, cause she, she herself was also one, like, how do we, you know, like, how, you know, like, how, like, how do we, like, how do we leave a memorable mark on like these internship supervisors so that one day we can get like future jobs with them. Um, and I told her and I was like, I think it's showing up as who you are and you stand in that all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I, I truly think like, you know, like by, you know, like by being your most authentic self nobody can you know like nobody can deter you from saying like okay well like maybe they're faking that no you are who you are and you're standing all the way in that like you're not standing in it you know kind of like okay like i'm passively you know being who i am like no like you are who you are and you're standing as confident as you can in it and so i think for me you know when it was showing up in terms of you know interning in different agencies it was letting them know that like I am who I am. Like I am a black queer man mm-hmm. in America. Like this is who I am. Like I live at the intersection of some days where I have to choose, like, do I want to be black first or do I want to be gay first? Or like, which one do I want to use and which one, you know, will help me navigate through society a little bit easier than the other. Um, and I think really with that, it's also just reminding yourself that, you don't have to be, you know, jumping over bridges and running up to them saying like, hey, like, let me do this for you. Let me, yeah. <laughs> what you need to do in terms of like, hey, like, what kind of assignments, what kind of projects can I assist you on, you know, and really putting your best foot forward in those projects, you know, and really letting your work show that, okay, this person is for some really good, like, they, yeah, they did some really good work. Um, you know, I just, But truly, I think the biggest thing is like letting your work speak for you, you know, just like letting your work speak for you. 
Because um, I think a lot of times, I know I did initially when I first got my first internship, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to be the intern that's like, I'll get you coffee, like I'll do everything. And then after like my first week, I was like, I am nobody's dog. I am not right. fetching coffee. I was like, I'm not fetching no coffee. I'm not giving you no bagels. You have two legs and two arms. Get up. <laughs> like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so, and I, I, and you know, and again, I, I truly think it's one of those things that standing as confident as you can in who you are and also making sure that the work that you're doing is good work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not just work that you're like, okay, I'm, I just need to blow through this project because it's super easy and this other person has like a pretty hard project and they're working with some like pretty high-end clients. Just because they work with some high-end clients doesn't mean you're going to be able to be doing some high-end projects. The person who you might be doing the simple projects for might be the same person who might be pulling you back on and like connecting you with other people who you need to connect with. So truly like just be who you are, like go into your job, go into your internship, externship, whatever it may be, fellowship, what honestly, whatever it may be, be, you know, and just be you. And I think, I think that's so like cliche when people are like, you know, just be you, but like just show up, you know, like, and even if you don't know like who you are as a whole yet just show up in the sense that hey you're there physically Mm -hmm. you know and the rest will kind of carry yourself through i agree i don't even have anything to add because that was perfect someone (laughs) says regarding post-grad life what advice do you have on moving out of state away from family Ooh, so i moved actually out of state from family when i first went to under when I left high school and undergrad, I moved to Georgia and it was six hours away. Um, don't get me wrong, I love my family, but like I also know like I love being away from them because that's when I get to live my like the best version of who I am. Um, and I also I just I just love traveling. So like I love road trips. I just love being able to be like, you know what, I got a six hour drive to get back to campus today. Crank on the tunes, like we're just gonna have a <laughs> um, and so I think for me, and I think just really having a confidence to go out of state is really understanding that you can always go back home, you know, like home is never really a place, home is the people who you feel most comfortable with. Um, and I'm gonna quote Pose real quick, but like your chosen family really is your chosen family, like. I know for me, like, you know, and I'll be authentic is that like, there was a time when like me and my family, just in regards to my sexual orientation, like we weren't as close. And so I think for me, like my chosen family would have to be like my homegirls who showed up for me in college. Like, you know, like these are the homegirls who, you know, picked you up and were like, hey, you good? And you're like, oh yeah, I'm fine. And they're like, yeah, I'm pulling up. So what yeah. we doing? You know, you know, so it's just one of those things that's like you have your chosen family and it's like you have these people who love you unconditionally, who you might have just met maybe like two months ago when yeah. school started. But even with postgrad, it's understanding that like you can always you know like you know like you're not like like you're not incapable of being loved by other people you know you can always find people to love you to cherish you to be you know and to really just uplift you wherever you go and so i think for me it it was really learning that like okay like i can travel out of state i can go away and so originally in undergrad i was six hours away then when I went to grad school in Pensacola, I was only three hours away. And now I'm about to go 18 hours away for living in Manhattan. And so I'm like, okay, like I can do this. Like it's, but it's also something that like, I've prayed for this. Like I, rem- like I, I vividly remember being the kid in like sixth grade, like even in, even in elementary school, when they used to ask us like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, and I'm literally standing up in class like, I want to be a New Yorker. Like, I want to live in New York. Like, I want to be the kid who walks down Manhattan, you know, who walks down down Times Square and they're living their life. Like, it's one of those things that I'm like, you can't be afraid now. Like, you've prayed for this. Like, literally all the preparation, all the like, you know, all of your dreams are starting to unfold. They're starting to come true. You can't let your fear deter you from you know, achieving what that young person in you has always aspired for. And so I think to that particular question in terms of 
that post-grad depression for me, you know, initially when I first graduated from um, high school and I left away, you know, I was kind of like, okay, I'm a little bit sad. And I'm like, okay, like, I really do miss my friends. I really miss the atmosphere of college and everything that college really gave us. But I also understood that, okay, like, if I'm going to be the best version of myself, I have to go out. Like, I can't just stay stagnant in where I am. Like, you can't grow in the same place that broke you. You know, and I think, like, you know, undergrad was great, but there were moments that I felt like I was being broken for just, like, a multitude of things. But I think also, like, you know, with each place that I, like, found myself living and traveling from, I've, I've always said, like, I'm grateful for that experience. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, don't get me wrong, post-grad depression has hit me three times, like, high school, <laughs> undergrad, and grad school. And I'm thinking, like, whew can't do this no more. Like, if I go back for a PhD, what am I going to do? <laughs> but, you know, I'm telling myself also that, like, I'm glad, you know, like, I'm glad that I was able to be in those spaces, and I'm glad that I was able to leave those spaces, because, like I said, you can't grow in the same place that broke you. So, like, there was no way I was going to be able to grow in Tallahassee, Florida, when mm -hmm. I felt like I was being broken in Tallahassee, Florida. I was there was no, there was no way I was gonna be able to say I was growing if I stayed in Rome, Georgia. When in Rome, Georgia, I felt like I literally was feeling like I was being broken. And so the same thing can be said about Pensacola. Like it was great experiences, but there were moments that I was like, you know, I just really feel like I just need something new. I need something different. And it's like, you know, it's not the fact that you're running away from anything. You're running to become something better. And so like, I think with moving to New York, I'm like. I'm not running away from my life. I'm not running away from family or friends or my past experiences. I'm running, you know, into a future that I've always aspired for. And it's like, I'm running like full force into that future. Like nothing's holding me back at this point. It's like, okay, you've prayed for this. You literally have manifested your dream that you've had since you were in like either fifth or I can't even remember, but like, <laughs> still have it in journals and catalogs and it literally like scribbles when my handwriting was just getting good and it was like okay what do you want to be when you grow up and I was like I want to be a New Yorker like I want to be able to say that I live in New York I want to live in Brooklyn and all these other things and so you know it's just and it's just crazy so but like just again to really just combat post-grad depression it's understanding that you have these resources you can also you know connect with like you know, maybe you're not too keen on seeking out like a therapist or reaching out to your friends and family. That's okay. That's okay. It took me a little minute to also realize like, I can't do this alone. Like, even though I think like I'm Superman, like, you know, as Olivia Pope says, it's handled. Like I can do everything I want to on my own. Like I can do, I can do bad all by myself. <laughs> God will literally slap you in the face and say, no, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no, you can't. And I'm gonna humble you and here's why. So in that sense, be okay with reaching out and seeking guidance from people who love you, you know, who really want to see the best version of yourself possible. Because I honestly, I would not be here today had I not, you know, really sought out those friendships and those, you know, had those hard conversations in regards to post-grad and like my friendships that I, we still talk even to this day and I'm like, wow, y'all, like, we, you know, it's almost been six years since we were in undergrad and we'll laugh and we're like, man, we really miss those memories. But we also all know that, you know, we love the way our lives are right now. Like, we don't want to go back, you know, like we want to reminisce, but we want to go back because, you know, if you go back, you know, you know, again, if you go back, who's to say those same experiences are going to be the exact same. Thank so, you. you know, it's just one of those things. So enjoy the time understand post-grad does not last forever um especially that post-grad depression post-grad post depression is seasonal like it'll hit you like there'll be moments when you're like "Ooh, i remember these nights like when me and my friends we were all just be like in one apartment we'll be drinking having fun you know everybody's cracking jokes on each other and then there's times when you're like thank god i am not with them right now like i need my peace i need my space and so Honestly, post-grad depression is one of those things. It's a hit or miss. Like, you either love it or you don't because yeah. it just brings about good and or bad memories. But understanding that it doesn't last forever and that, like, I don't know, like, the best you is going to come from that breakdown. Yeah. And you needed those experiences. I love it. <laughs> Next, we have 
let me see let me make sure none of these are repetitive um all right this one is a random one but i like it it says how do you budget during a time like this Ooh. um honestly i will i have to credit my parents for that like growing up as like a so something me and my sister would always call each other. We're like, oh my gosh, like we're the only like arcades. Arcades are restaurant kids, and so like, okay. so we so would so always be like, oh my gosh, like what well, it sucks to be arcades. But it's great because like with my parents being like small business owners and like being at the restaurant and like it has really shown me like, okay, you need to budget this this way. You need to budget this this way. And like now that I'm about to move to Manhattan, I'm like, boy, you need to budget this because your rent's about to be this you need to budget this because groceries are probably going to be this the train's probably going to be this and so there's so many things that I'm like okay like you need to you know like I've, I've I had already learned how to budget um you know like prior to you know going to grad school and undergrad but it really it really helped in grad school I was I was a grad assistant and I don't know if you know anything about GAs, but GAs, we were not paid anything whatsoever. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, no. We were, I, think, I think I was making like $12 an hour, and they only had me working 20 hours a week. Yeah. And they and Pensacola is like not cheap in terms of like, yeah, like you can live here. And like, but I'm thinking like, yeah, like it's easy, you know, it's possible to live here. But when you make in basically chunk change and they're like oh yeah here's your rent it's doing the first and you're like yeah. and you're like can I get an extension and they're like no you can't <laughs> that's when it's like okay let me humble myself and budget correctly so I, honestly I really will say it came like really then that I was like okay like I know I already knew how to crunch numbers pretty good when it came to like I want to make sure that my pocket stayed this amount of money even after I get done paying my rent so really just really it comes with understanding that as you grow older things get a lot more expensive Mm -hmm. um but really also understanding that you know like it's it is possible to go out have fun and live your life but also be responsible in paying your bills and making sure that everything is paid in a timely manner um just because again it's one of those things that like you don't want to come home one night and your life's off (laughs) so So I think it's one of those things that it's like, if you, like, honestly, if, if you were, if you were just being, like, conscious about what you're doing and, like, how you're living your life, budgeting should be one of those things that it's like, it's not, you know, like, it's not super hard then. Not, not, not necessarily, it's not super hard, but that you should be fine. Yeah. 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 Cut out everything that you don't need. If you don't need it, Mm-mm. throw it out throw it out if it's unnecessary throw it out right you don't need to be buying clothes you aren't going anywhere so (laughs) but I will say honestly though like again like I I have always loved thrift shopping but like budgeting wise like thrift shopping became my go-to like I would take my friends and they're like oh my gosh like I want to go to H&M and I'm like but you don't have H&M money so (laughs) humble yourself so we're going thrift shopping (laughs) I'm like but we're going thrift shopping and they're like but I don't want furniture from me and I'm like but you need furniture. Yes. So you're going to get a $25 couch from Goodwill. We're going to make sure we clean it, sanitize it, whatever we need to do. And you're going to be happy about it because if not, I'm not coming over to your house because you don't have a couch. I'm like, I'm like, all right. And I'm thinking to myself, like, we're not going to be sitting on lawn chairs anymore in your home. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's what we're not going to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that it's like, okay, so we budget, we do this right. We're good. So yeah you can find ways oh yeah next and also don't be afraid to like splurge on some cheap wine yes cheap wine will do you in (laughs) ask me i know (laughs) someone said um do you think it's worth going to graduate school yes i i I don't know. See, I I love my time in grad school. I really wish I I really wish I would have been like financially capable of going to my first option for grad school, which was Syracuse. But okay. you know, Syracuse costs a little bit of money. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Like, I had a great scholarship and a great like 
like system that allowed me to go to grad school for free. And so I think for me, it was like, okay, like, although, you know, like, although I might not have had like this top tier university giving me my diploma, I think for me, it was the experiences and the relationships that I built that allowed me to, you know, just, re- just like really become more established. Now, I really won't say that like those connections helped me land a job per se, but I will say the experiences and the work and other things that I did. And like, just again, just like the people and like those relationships that I formed, I would not have formed those had I not been to grad school. And I think a lot of people get stuck on like, okay, like I'm only going to grad school. It's going to get me a job and get me more money. Like, obviously that's something, but also like the relationships you build in grad school. I mean, it's similar to undergrad, but grad school is like, a beast of its own yeah that, like you are literally like it's i mean it's, it's really one of those like it's do or die type mm-hmm. of things so i agree and i i feel like i learned more about myself in graduate school than i learned about myself in undergrad because you oh, start yeah. to realize what you like what you don't like what you'll tolerate what you won't tolerate i don't know what it is about graduate school but it, it's something it's like it takes the blinders off it's like the veil comes off and you're like Mm -hmm. oh okay i didn't really like that before so you really come into your own in graduate school that's it yeah honestly because i i will say like it it really helped me understand honestly i will say it helps like being in the program that i was in it also opened my eyes into um and to re- just become more fascinated in terms of other programs that like that university had to offer that I had not known about. Yeah. Um, so like, ha- so had I known about like the higher education program, I would have taken that route and, be- you know, and worked to become a diversity and inclusion, um, like chief officer for a university. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't know about that route, but I'm still excited to take the route that I'm on to kind of catapult myself into that, like, role or realm at some point in my career so I don't know it's just one of those things that it's like you know like although you may not really know where you might go after you get your master's or with your master's it's just exciting to see like what you'll learn and gather from just being present in that experience as a whole yeah agreed um thoughts on if you think people choose grad school because they don't know what else to do Oh, first of all, mind your business. <laughs> you, my you didn't have to do me like that. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, not true, not true for the doubt. I, I, I felt like I was one of those people. Um, I was too. I was too. Yeah, like, I was one of those people where, like, people would ask me, they're like, wow, like, you seem like you have everything just lined up. Like, you just know what you want to do with your life. And, like, I used to tell people, because I used to be really, I used to be really big into, like, political communication. And so I used to say, like, I want to be the, director of communications for the White House one day. Um, you know, and this was like right after Donald Trump. Oh, excuse me. He became president. So, you know, it was one of those things that I was like, yeah, like I wanna, you know, like I like I wanna get back in, like I wanna get in there. I wanna really reinforce like what it means, you know, to be somebody who is standing firm and upholds the ideals of, you know, equality and justice and liberty, you know, all these things. And then I was like, Actually, that's really not what I want to do. That just sounded good because I know everybody else would be like, wow, he wants to work with yeah. like, the White House one day. And I used to be like, yeah, I do want to work with the White House one day. <laughs> you know, so you know, eventually, like, I would take, like, I would little, like, take that little, like, cover off my face and I'd be like, well, you do not want to work for the White House. What, what are you, what are you saying? No, like, right, right. Like, literally, I found myself talking just to talk sometimes. Like, stuff would be coming out <laughs> in my mind. I'm like, when the was what? That? <laughs> I'm like, <"Who's> that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, I'm like, cause last week I thought we were going for the White House. Now we trying to be in the Peace Corps. Like, what is I'm, going on? Right, I'm like, let's figure out what we're doing. Let's really figure out what we're doing. So, I really feel like sometimes that is the way for people. But I also know, like, I was a good fifty-fifty. Where like. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew the statistics that as a person of color, specifically a black individual in America, that we have a better chance of securing higher paying jobs or just jobs in general with a master's or some type of higher 
higher degree or um, extra certificates to our name. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that would, you know, really assist us in like getting a, or assist me and like anybody else who was black in terms of getting a job. But I also knew that like, I, did, I didn't feel like I was finished learning yet. Like I felt like I learned a good bit at my undergrad, but I felt like there was so much more to learn that I was like, okay, I need to go, I need to go to grad school. Like before, like before I find myself in somebody's organization, there's more that I need to learn. And I'm extremely thankful that I did go because there's things that I did learn, information that I had heard that I was like, wow, did not know that beforehand, but I'm glad I do now because now I can take that into wherever I go. Yeah. You know? And again, like I said, those relationships, like, I mean, yes, grad school can be expensive, but also definitely look into like outlets, some scholarships, foundations, organizations. Because um, again, like the money's out there. It's just hard when like, we're not exposed to it like, yeah. the way it should. And so I definitely think that those relationships, like I go back to them because I think I met like two of my like best friends from grad school who like, I know I would be best friends with them for like the rest of my life. Yeah. But I think also it's just that had I not been in grad school, had I not, you know, just really shared those like experiences and those moments and like those highs and those lows with these, you know, these two individuals, my life probably would not be how it is right now, you know? So I, I honestly like, you know, grad school can be expensive. It's definitely hard, but I definitely say like, go for it. Definitely go Same. for it. We're going to cap it with this question. This, because some of the other ones we covered throughout the podcast episode. So the last one is what should, okay. this is a very student to What happened? Wait, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I was saying my laptop just hit me with like, you have 24 minutes left on your battery and I, my charger oh. is not with me. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so it, I'm hurry up. <laughs> so it says, what should I expect slash prepare for after college? Ooh, um, kind of going back, like, and again, I'll be as authentic and transparent as possible. Like you will have those moments where like you do reminisce pretty heavily on like, you know, those moments with your friends, because again, like, you'll never have a moment, like, you'll never have a moment like your freshman year. Your freshman year will hands down be the year you and your friends will look back on, like, at your graduation and be like, you remember freshman year when we were just, like, completely just off the wall, just, I mean, we were just ludicrous. I don't know, I don't know how we did what we did, but we did it. But honestly, you will you will suffer from post-grad depression. I don't think it's talked about a lot. Um, mental health in general is not talked about, talked a lot about enough, um, especially within the Black community as a whole, just because, you know, we carry this complex of spirituality, um, you know, over everything else where, mm -hmm. where you need to kind of be like, okay, you can still have a relationship with God, but you can also go and talk to your therapist as well. Um, and so... I think for me, I think it, for me leaving undergrad, it, it really felt like I was losing a piece of my identity because I had placed so much of me in that institution. And then to finally be leaving that institution, you know, after four years of really just doing whatever we're doing, just really just doing all that you could possibly do, or really just like, you know, um, you know, like, you know, like, even if you weren't like involved on your campus, it's one of those things that you're like, okay, so my identity revolved around academics. Like I was a student before I was anything else. And now if you don't want to go and perceive like a higher degree, you're like, now I'm just going to go straight from being a student from K through 12 and then all throughout undergrad for four or maybe five or six years. Yeah. And then you're like, now I have to go be a, a full-time like worker. And so I think that switch kind of hits a lot of people. And I think that you know, it's okay to really reach out to people, you know, who've been there, who've done that, but also like some truly like some healthcare professionals who focus on like mental health issues. Like I truly cannot reinforce that enough is that it's okay to seek out guidance. Because um, I know for me, like I didn't really seek out like guidance like I should have until I got into grad school. And I was like, I just felt like a piece of my identity left me. Yeah. Once I left undergrad, like so much of me was ingrained in being a student and athlete um, involved in extracurricular activities that now that I don't have a lot of those titles, I'm like, 
I have all this free time. I don't really know what to do with myself. And I find myself just kind of wondering like, okay, so like, what do I do now? Like, how can I get more involved? And so I think also a lot of that is, you know, again, reaching out to mental health professionals, but also like finding things within your community that could, you know, be better suited for your time. Like, I know it's easy to get on social media and just scroll and scroll and scroll, but, you know, I think we could also be reaching out in terms of um, like just really helping in some of these like larger community centers or smaller community centers, like our local boys and girls chapters. Um, and really just kind of like giving back and like donating our time. So I know for me, like throughout undergrad, like I would frequently like leave class before practice, go to the community soup kitchen because I was like, you know, I just need something. Like I just want something else to do within my own community that I'm here, like just outside of those identities of being a student an athlete, you know, involved in X, Y, and Z, it was like, I want to do something else that doesn't just kind of hold my identity to this institution. So really just getting out, making the most of, again, those relationships and those connections and just really figuring out like, okay, so I don't have school anymore, but I know that I can get involved in this or I can get involved in this young, in this young professional group. I can get involved in my local NAACP chapter or just something that, you know, you might not have ever had time for because of school, not that you have an ample amount of time or not ample because you might work in a nine to five or whatever that might be, <laughs> but you have time now to be like, okay, like my time can be suited for this. So, yeah. Agreed. That was beautiful, Sisu. I am so happy that you gave us a piece of your time today. I if y'all knew the technical difficulties we have been having, but pushing through, <laughs> we are pushing through. I hate to have to ask you this again, but where can we find you? <laughs> yes. So find me actually on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, my handle's the exact same. It's Cecil Rob underscore C-E-C-I-L-R-O-B underscore. Um, and really on Twitter, I honestly, I, I honestly just really just share all the funny things. Like my favorite video right now, I have to share every Tuesday. It's the video of JT and Carisha. It's like, what day it is? What Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I say it in my head at least once a week. I'm like, well, I guess it's that day. <laughs> I love it because the podcast comes out every Tuesday. So I always have that video like, what's today you? Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's honestly just getting me through 2020 at this point. Like, uh, city girls, that just, uh, I have to stand. Gotta love that, them. Goodness, listen, it's them and it's Flo Millie. I just, oh. I have no choice but Flo to stand. Is my, <laughs> I have no choice but to stand. I have no choice. <laughs> I literally will pull up to my parents' restaurant and that's like what I'm bumping and I get out. People are like, oh, I haven't seen you in years. And I'm like, I was just in here bumping to some like, <laughs> talking about scamming you, robbing you. Like, and here I am about to go in here and be like, can I make your sandwich? What can I eat for you? <laughs> but that's how we have to live though. Right. That's the life we have to live. <laughs> but my the same um and my article with medium um but also thrive global and other just like publications can also be found um on my instagram as well i have the link to my um to my website in the description box so if you just want to keep up with me and these current 20s and like just really navigating through life just read my articles there and you'll see um i really like to do a thing called motivational wednesday where it's just like picking a video or um or like an interview from a different like um, black celebrity. And just like using that to really just speak some life into like maybe it's like a current situation I find myself in, or whether it's in regards to like building and breaking down relationships, um, like familial issues, um, just really lifestyle issues altogether. So if you really just really wanna know about navigating these twenties and also me about to experience New York, so. Definitely follow me on there as well, because I'll definitely be writing about my journey. <laughs> yes, and I will link all of his information in the podcast description and the YouTube video description, so you have no choice. You can find him in all of those descriptions. Yes. yes, yes. Thank you, Cecil. I appreciate you, and I love you. I love you too, Shakira. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great night. Thank you. You too.
And that is all, you guys. I hope that you all enjoyed this conversation between Cecil and I, talking about rejection, talking about our different stories and how we have coped with different situations that we have had to deal with. I hope that there is something that resonated with you. If not, don't worry. Somewhere along the road, you will find something on this podcast that resonates with you. Don't forget to share this with your family and your friends. Um, Spread the word. We're a growing family, and I appreciate when you guys share and post on your Instagram stories. It lets me know that you're listening, and it puts a face to, you know, just numbers. Because on my end, all I see is numbers. So I like to see you guys, you know, face and posting and letting me know your thoughts on different episodes as they come out. Um, please don't forget that in a few days, the scholarship is going to be closing. The deadline is August 4th at 5 p.m., but get your stuff in early, okay? You know, sometimes we we hang out on CP time. If you don't know what CP time is, color people time. So sometimes we hang out on CP time. Don't do that. Get your stuff in early and before August 4th if you can, because what if your internet is not working on August 4th? What if your phone dies right at the moment that you're about to hit submit? Just get it in early okay I'm, I'm telling you just get it in early so that all of your stuff is in and you don't have to worry about it don't forget that you can follow us on instagram at carefree and black diaries and also on twitter at carefree black pod that's carefree b-l-k-p-o-d stay black stay carefree and we'll see you guys tuesday august 4th 9 a.m sharp all right bye guys <laughs>